Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and your identity is not in likes and hearts you receive for being good cogs in the machine. Today, we're getting real online, but before we ditch the filters, tribalism, and vanity, now that they've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view, let's welcome in our favorite super apostles, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Who you don't think I'm impressive? <laughs> Who apparently on apostolos. Let's go. All right. I thought the super apostles were like the bad guys. They are. It sounds good. It does <sighs> sound cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be a bad guy. <laughs> I'd watch that cinematic universe. Yeah. The super apostles. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, sounds like a really, really terrible, like late '90s, Bad. like Christian. I was gonna like, say show. If it was like Barry Rodriguez and the Super and the Apostles. Super, oh, you think it's like a band? It's a band I'm name. thinking like a really cheesy, like yeah. made-for-TV. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! With our yeah. powers combined, we can harness yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit <laughs> to defeat evil and keep you pure. I don't Pray. know what, oh, what did we get keep into in the '90s? Yeah. Oh, like Captain Fish. Fresh water fish. <laughs> Wine. Oh, he's not allowed anymore. Oh, not very super. <laughs> oh, oh man. my goodness. Fresh off no screen Saturday. This is what you get, everybody. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Guys, what's new? What's going on? Uh, so I knew you were gonna ask that. I want to hear all about <laughs> so, no screen Saturday. Yes. We'll talk. Is that part of what we yeah, want to talk about now? New. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, no screen Saturday was great. It was really good. I. I good said this in my message this weekend, but I just was amazed at how long it was. Like the time just stretched mm. on and on in a good way for me. Don't act like you're a big show. Well, no, I mean, it was. And yeah. I, I read lots of books. I probably, I probably read like 40 pages of Herodotus yeah. and I was like happy and just fine. <laughs> then I if you switched missed, to another if you, book. If you're not familiar with Herodotus, check out last week's pod. We go deep dive into <laughs> Herodotus. I mean, anyway, so I was, I had a great time. I was reading Liv and I, uh, we went and worked out together. We took Cleo to the to the creek, and there's not settle a, down. There's not a single photo or video to prove how much of a great time Cleo had at the creek. But oh, that's how was, uh, how was paintball? Didn't happen. Yeah, I know. You I was know. gonna ask. No, yeah. it, it didn't. It frozen paintball to bring it up. didn't happen. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't get to do it. We talked so much about frozen paintball last week. I feel so bad for for Josh, who's been trying to set this up. This is the second time we've had to reschedule. It's terrible yeah. because people keep bailing at the last second. Kids we these need days, a, man. Yeah, we need a sermon series about that. <laughs> about, bailing. about bailing and yeah. about paintball. Yeah. <sighs> mm. Anyway, right, so it was so great. It was what great. about you guys? Yeah. Lots yeah. of extra time. I did feel like there was more time in the day, mm. but it was more like the oh, it's only seven o'clock. <laughs> like that's what I got. <laughs> yeah. From my a little house. different experience than last time. You know what? Yes. Yes, maybe. And the last no. time we did was like two was like years a, ago. A delightful family adventure. So last time, yeah. last time we did No Screen Saturday was two years ago. First of all, as my son pointed out, it was in fall. True. Right. Not in the dead of so winter. So you could actually go outside. Right. Um. Yes. I, yeah. And it was our first time, you know, and, and it was just the four of us. This time we opened up No Screen Saturday to include uh, two additional young adults to come and <laughs> hang out. Um, and I thought that there were parts of it that were beautiful. There was mm. one point I looked over, I basically spent the, the time that I was not driving. Cause remember mm. I'd gone and seen a concert right. in Chicago this weekend. That's right. We drove home. Um, I, I got to give a shout out real quick before I carry on with the rest of the story. The couch. Um, <laughs> the band, <laughs> oh, couch. Yes. 
Um, to Barb Romick. She oh, yeah. was watching last week's pod when I yeah, remarked. I, was bring this up oh if you didn't. I remarked about how on earth are we going to drive home from Chicago and not be able to pass the phone around and, and listen, listen to music, music the way we always do? So she brought me not one but two iPods to choose from. Vintage, cool stuff, <laughs> quite vintage. One was uh, from two thousand four. Twenty yeah. year old iPod. It was yeah. in, it was engraved. Oh. Yeah, with her name on it. From and it was like a Christmas gift or something, right? It was a right? Christmas yeah. gift, yes. And then the other was one of those little ones. I used to have one Shuffle. of those that you like clip onto your clothes yeah. while yeah. you're jogging, you know? So she, she brought me two iPods to choose from. And she has impeccable taste in music. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I Incredible. saw you guys connecting. I heard you say, <laughs> the cranberries? <laughs> <laughs> because I just wouldn't think, you know, Barb Romick, I bet she's a real big, hey. you know, Coldplay cranberries <laughs> fan, but she is. So did so. you use them? I was unable to use them because I did not have an auxiliary cord oh, in no. my car. I could have stopped Bluetooth and bought only, one. I see. Nay, nay. CDs. Guys, CDs you did are CDs. back Ooh. in a big way. What really? Mean? So we did CDs on No Screen Saturday. Nice. Which was kind Surprise. of- did you burn them or you just use no, ones no, no. you had? No, no, no. I told you I had this giant thing yeah, yeah, yeah. circa 2000. Okay. But we had to like all agree on it. Uh-huh. So that's the hard part with CDs. Like when the the- the way we pass the phone around, sure. each kid gets to pick whatever they want in the yeah. universe. But when it comes to CDs, we all had to agree on it. So we listened to um, a Celtic punk band from Chicago that Classic. we're all into. Then we listened to Radiohead. Okay. And then we mm -hmm. got a little bit through a Stevie Wonder album and we were home. Great. Look wow. at that. Three CDs, two and a half Perfect. really. Wow. And we were home. Did See. you miss the whole like passing of the thing? Yeah, the I phone. mean, there's like a little bit of a fun element like to I that. Get to choose. We don't get to choose, but we also just got to chill and just let the yeah. CD Talk. do its thing. Wow. <laughs> and now I'm into CDs. Like, there was so much stuff <laughs> in there. This is your new CD era. This is my CD era. Yeah. I'm like, I there was so this morning the drive the drive to work. <laughs> there was a CD I didn't recognize. It just had a hand drawn yeah. skull and crossbones, like okay. with a sharpie. Yeah, I had no idea what it was. I put it in. Do you guys know what it was? I don't. Shout to the Lord. You guys, it's even better than Shout to the <laughs> oh. Lord. And even older than Shout to the Lord. Awesome it's God. Tim Ayers and oh. the Cousins from Venus oh. circa 1985. Oh, wow. I forgot, he, I forgot he gave me that CD. <laughs> awesome. And it's so cool. And it's yeah. I'm just. I, With I'm, the skull and I'm, crossbones? Yes. That's, that's and awesome. And now I'm Here into we CDs. Well, right. anyway, we when we got home, I spent the rest of my no screen Saturday basically in the kitchen. And uh, at one point, my daughter and my son's girlfriend were making jewelry or looking at beads or something. They were hanging out. Micah hung out with us that day. He was baptized on Sunday. Micah and Jaden were yeah. writing music together. Nice. It was just hey, beautiful. That's great. It right. was beautiful. And yeah. uh, what were you? So you were in the what kitchen. Was what was Jed doing? Jed doing? What, oh, Fragging wow. noobs. Jed was on a screen. Oh, oh no! no! He, he <laughs> called had, out. He had work to do. Gird your loins. <laughs> so, that's our and yeah so yeah we just um we were kind of devolving as the night went on <laughs> oh, no. um we yeah. were jed jed called me a pharisee at one point why because i was calling people out for being on their screens uh, you know <laughs> you better rejoice <laughs> me me and Jaden were pharisees about it um micah ratted on desi for texting her boyfriend okay, I see. like oh, it man. just it kind of turned to that's every man for himself that's the problem with legalism yeah Sabbath was made for men, not man for the Sabbath. It really brought out the, you know, our, yeah. our true human nature just mm -hmm. came right out. How about you? So How wait, wait, wait. Would you say, yeah, we're going to do it again? Like we're excited. Oh, we're to totally doing it again. Like 
you had such fond memories of the first time. Yes. Are you going to look back at this time with such fondness or are you? I think the first time was so fun because we were all in, right? Yeah. yeah. Desi wasn't texting anybody and we, we <laughs> Jed didn't have work to do and we were yeah. all in. Right. This time we were we were a little bit fragmented. Yeah. <laughs> some it's of definitely us, harder. Some of us saw it as just a break from social media or just a break from like doom scrolling. Yeah. And some of us saw it as I don't want to know what time it is. Yeah. <laughs> I can't look oh. at the screen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. That's pretty much how I treated it. Yeah. Just complete blackout. Tried to complete blackout. Um, I got to say, at the end of the day, my wife and I looked at each other and we were like, well, I can't say we thrived, <laughs> but we did survive. We did survive No Screen Saturday. It was a, it was a journey, guys. It was the <laughs> With kids, the little kids. Did they understand? four-year-old. They understood, and they were fine. It's just like, you don't know... I mean, it was definitely sheds a light on like how easy it is to just be like, all right, just go watch TV or something. Because yeah. when they're not watching TV, they're doing things like playing with Play-Doh. And then oh, all yeah. of a sudden you got a mess yeah, that you, you got to pick yeah. up. And you multiply that by every half hour. And it's just like. Yeah, that's when the time, the, the hours half. stretching is not a good yeah. thing when you're like, I don't I know what else to point, do. Like I was, I, I cleaned the kitchen like five times, yeah. four or five times. And I'm just like, man. What I wouldn't give for a little bluey right now. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's not like you could just send them. I, I guess it was kind of warm on Saturday. I don't. Really no, it, it was cold. Was it really cold? Yeah. So, I mean, it was forty. Yeah. Yeah. So, things I did. I cleaned out my garage. Great. Mm. Um, I. What else did I do? Uh, I played lots of memory. Like uh, the flip the card yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, kids, yeah, yeah. Played lots of memory. Played lots of Uno. I did tons of dishes. I read a couple pages and uh, cleaned the kitchen four times. Wow. <laughs> and we're back to the kitchen. Um, so here's here's why it was harder than I think we were anticipating. Um, Lane, our four-year-old, woke up sick, like mm. with croup, with the cough, weird oh, cough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hate that. And Lauren woke up, went to the gym, and then threw her back out. <sighs> so it's like the perfect equation for like let's just sit here and watch a movie yeah yeah right that's yes. a perfect perfect ingredients for that it's, <laughs> it's raining outside yeah. yeah and uh we didn't get to do that so um the only time i really because you said pay attention to like your body and like your physical reactions yeah. to not having screens and the only time i really like felt like i was missing something was in the mornings mm. i would wake up and i had coffee and i'm usually like scrolling the news mm -hmm. or something or uh social media or something um so i i felt not angry, but I was like, ah, I, I feel like I'm not complete right now <laughs> sure, <laughs> or right. something. And then uh, at night, later at night, but mm -hmm. throughout the whole day, I was like, I, I don't No, Nobody needs me that bad. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, filling the time was the, was yeah. the issue for yeah. us. I, I agree with you on the evening thing. During the day, like books were a perfectly fine substitute for... Mm -hmm devices for me but mm -hmm. then it, in the evening at night like we went over to Liv's family and then I even like laid on the couch and pretended I had a phone in my hand <laughs> to like <laughs> indicate how like man I really wish yeah. I could and then when we went home yeah I still had a couple hours before bed and I was like mm. <laughs> I, would, yeah. I would like to have my device yeah. But, yeah. yeah we went to the mall at one point during the day me and Desi and Micah and it was like all right we gotta stick together 
because if we go off in <laughs> different directions, no it's not like we're gonna, we're not going to call each other yeah. and try to find Gotta each other. Yeah. That was that was really hard. Yeah. Micah didn't really want to look at makeup, and Ooh. we were really not interested in looking at men's cologne. But we we okay. had to stick together. I think you're supposed to smell it. Oh no! Yeah, no. you don't no. look at it. <laughs> no. The other thing I noticed. So we woke up in Chicago. I parked in a parking garage that I can only access with the screen of my phone. Uh huh. Oh yeah. You know, I had to scan the QR code to be able to even get not just into the parking garage, but then again out of the parking garage. And there were a couple of other things like that where it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, no screen Saturday. It's I understand the concept behind it. Again, taking a Sabbath from the grind and all that stuff. But then there are some things that that is. That's why everybody's got to do it. The way the world works. Well, so we we had thought about. Um, going out for breakfast when we were in Chicago and we would have taken the train, which again would mm. have required mm. an mm. app on my phone. Sure. So I, I don't feel like that's as much of an issue in my day to day life, you know, here in, in yeah. Indianapolis area. Somebody but. offered us Pacers tickets for Saturday night mm-hmm. and I declined it because Lauren's back and stuff. But um, same thing. You get you can't get into a Pacers game anymore without your phone yeah, right. and yeah. stuff. So and, and there's it, screens everywhere. And but. there's other stuff too. Like that I I this is another big thing. Yeah, that I heard a lot of people mention is that like, you know, we would normally growing up, we would have our home phones that you could always call if there was an emergency. Yes. And so you're always reachable and actually probably in some ways more reachable because it'll wake you up from a nap if you have your you know. Yeah. But now people don't have home phones. It's mm-hmm. just your cell phone. And like you said, there's so much stuff that depends on you using that app. Yeah. Like, so yeah, it's really interesting yeah. that you, there's almost some ways that you can't escape it. And yeah. even for the, the, the rare people who are like, Oh yeah, I don't even do a smartphone, but they still have a flip phone. Like yeah. it's not like you can, unless you're really going to go out and live in the woods, you just, you, <laughs> you do have to have some of that technology as part yeah. of the world we live in. I don't think I would have realized it in that way mm. if it weren't for no screen Saturday, like, huh, yeah. I can't even access my car without yeah. the screen of my phone. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, any, any closing thoughts? Like, are we going to do this again? <laughs> I, I think we should. I think we should probably make it a regular thing. Did you hear anybody who was like, that was the worst day of my life. I'm never doing that again. No, most of those people just said I didn't really do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one person told me up. one person told me they woke up and immediately looked at their phone and decided that they weren't going to do no screen oh, Saturday. Yeah, Another person told me that they were watching a movie at 11:30 the night before and so by midnight they were already in breach of oh, no screen yeah. Saturday <laughs> and so they didn't do it the next day. So it's like everybody had their own sort yeah. of response well, to like it. But like you said, you could do it whenever. Like no true. screen Saturday lives in your heart you know yeah. and that could be and, it, and it's lived in my heart ever since 2019 when we last did it right. but i never did it like i haven't done it since you could do no screen tuesday oh was it really that long ago? that's how long ago it was yeah wow. 2019 yeah did you say? yeah wow. so all that to say there's something there's something about the fact that we're all doing this thing that is more motivating to yeah. people than just like, I'll just do this on my own. You know what I mean? I got to be honest. If it wasn't for this podcast, I think I would have caved in. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I got to get through because I got to be able to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, we, we, we stay strong and yeah. I'm proud of, I'm proud of everybody who decided to do it. Um, it's not as easy as I would have thought. Like yeah. I was like, I can do anything for 24 hours. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say I, I've heard barely. from some people who shared about No Screen Saturday with other people in their lives and the amount of resonance that's come from other people mm. saying like, oh, I can't believe your church is doing that. What a great idea. Oh, oh we cool. need kids these days. Like all those <laughs> kinds of things. Uh, but it it like 
whatever it's like a a, a catalyst to a yeah. lot of conversation, mm-hmm. which is cool. great. So yeah, and I'm more interested in what we did on Saturday and less interested in what we did not do. Yeah. Mm. So I saw again music writing and hanging out and being mm-hmm. creative with jewelry and art, and I was being creative with food in the kitchen. Good. And that was that's sure. what happens. That's yeah. what happens when you stop the yeah. norm and the scrolling. And mm-hmm. I played exactly zero people. board games. Well, yeah. I played zero. And I had big plans. I was like... Should have thought of that before you had three kids. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought I was going to get some good game in, but didn't get any in. Sorry for Last your loss. Saturday lives in your heart. That's yeah, right. You could have another one. I can do one. it any day want. I want. That's right. Um, all right. So we are in week four of our current sermon series, Virtual Reality. Four out of five, actually. Four out of five. I've had a lot of people say, great series. Thanks for doing that. And I was oh, like, yeah, you know, there's one, one more. more. We're not done <laughs> yet. Day two. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for this one, Barry, uh, you gave the sermon and would love for you to share kind of the big idea behind it. Sure. Yeah. So I suppose if we had one sort of overarching topic for this particular message, it's identity. And I really wanted us to focus in on some of the ways that technology in our world today is trying to shape our identity and, or our identities online and how often that is not actually a good thing. Um, so I wanted to to talk about two specific aspects of identity that we see kind of being warped in our world today. One of them is tribalism, how everybody's just kind of, you know, surrounding themselves with like-minded people and and just hating everybody else. And uh, the second one being vanity, which is sort of an overinflated sense of one's own beauty or success or whatever, and mm. the way that that reflects online. Those are just the words that I chose. But um, that was kind of, we looked at those and then we looked specifically in, in 2 Corinthians to see how they struggled with tribalism and vanity and yeah. how Paul responded to that. And so basically the, the big idea or the main principle that I tried to get across was if, if we are on a mission as followers of Jesus, then we do not have the option of, of giving in to tribalism and vanity because otherwise, like if, if we do, we will not be effective in our mission of changing this world because we're just like everybody else. We have to be different. And so the principle, the technological principle for this series is likes do not define you. I really wanted people to, to that, that's kind of more of just a pithy way of respond of talking about the idea that our true identity is in Christ. And if we can have all, all of our identity and who we are and how we talk and what we do coming out of that root identity, that's when we start to Hmm. break down the barriers of tribalism. That's when we start to approach the world with humility and not with vanity and, and all that. So Hmm. really likes do not define you. Your, your identity in Christ is what defines you. Yeah. And uh, you made a point to show us geographically where yeah. Corinth was back in the day. Can you help? Can you help us understand? Maybe people haven't watched the sermon yet, sure. but help us understand the cultural and historical context of Corinth at that time uh, to understand why it was susceptible to things like vanity and sure. Uh, tribalism. Sure. So I've been learning a lot about this. I said last week that I'm kind of in my ancient Greece phase, and I'm getting ready to go to a, go to Greece. And, yeah, I don't and, remember that. Yeah, I, I talked about it. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Just go back and listen. You'll, you'll hear that. But anyway, all that to say, I've been reading a lot about Corinth, and so this was just me giving just a tiny little yeah. peek into some of the things I've been learning. But at the time that that the church was first founded in Corinth, it was a very, very wealthy, very, very important city in the entire region of that part of Greece, Achaia. Mm. Um, it had become the Roman capital of that area, so it was like 
the New Yorker, I guess Washington DC is the capital, but it yeah. was like the, <laughs> yeah. it was like the, uh, it was like the place to be the big mm. place. And the reason it was so important was because it was on an isthmus isthmus that, yeah, right. It doesn't sound right. It's, it's, it felt real good the first time you said it. And then, and then, it, then it got it, worse. It did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, he's got to knock this off. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that one. Um, we got to knock this off. Uh, so anyway, it was, it has uh, the Corinthian Gulf on the West side and then the Aegean Sea on the East side. Yeah. So it's basically got access through these two ports. It's got to access the to the world, the rest of the world. All that to say they had politicians and celebrities and uh, big wealthy, that ver that ancient version of billionaires coming through Corinth all the time. And it was, you know, where any of the the latest cultural trends would have been, you know, accessible. Yeah. So for the church in Corinth, frankly, as it, this is telling me a lot about myself, but I've become more and more aware of what the church in Corinth was like. And I become, I, I'm less liking it less and less. Oh. The more I understand about it, just because of all the stuff that they were giving into and the, and like, I, I put a little app, a little joke in the app notes about, you know, if Paul truly was bald as some traditions have it, like Corinth was the reason he lost his hair because hmm. it was, they were, a problem. They were just a, a, a problem. But the thing that makes me most like uh, maybe roll my eyes is there is the, the reason that I'm getting less and less. Uh, the, the reason I like the church less and less is because I'm re recognizing so much of the American church yeah. in mm. Corinth. And I'm like, oh. oh man, they're us. Like, oh, why can't we be somewhere cool like Philippi? Mm -hmm. yeah. No, we're <laughs> Corinth, basically. Technology yeah. changes, yeah. but human nature does it not. It sure doesn't. Yeah. So anyway, so that's kind of the the a little bit of the world behind the text. It was a very important port city, had a lot of influences from all around the world that were just constantly sweeping through and people got swept along. So, hmm. so how, and you said the, um, the antidote or the opposite of finding our identity in likes is knowing our identity in Christ. Um, so how does the principle of knowing your identity in Christ combat or confront the issues of tribalism and vanity? Yeah, well, in both cases, I think having your identity in Christ offsets some of the things that would lead you into tribalism or vanity. So tribalism, you know, at its root is this, this, uh, allowing things of this earth, whether it's your culture or your, or your, uh, who you want to be associated with or any, any of those things to define you to the exclusion of other people on the outside. That's what leads to tribalism. Having your identity in Christ, on the other hand, is essentially rooting your identity in the oneness of Christ. All of us are one. There is no slave or free. There is no Greek or, or barbarian. There, there's no male or female. All, all that stuff is we are one in Christ. And so if you're choosing to make that your identity, you don't really have an option of going off in the, in the direction of tribalism because we are all one. And so that's, that's one way of looking at it. And then with the vanity stuff, I mean, clearly Christ set the standard of what it looks like to live with humility, to lower yourself, to, um, to not consider yourself more highly than you ought. I mean, this is the stuff that Paul talks about a lot, but it all comes from that, that root identity. And because of who I am in Christ, like I must decrease so that he must increase. Mm. And, and so I'm not seeking to pat myself on the back or fluff, fluff up and walk around with my, you know, tail feathers out. Like yeah. I, I need to lower myself as mm. in, in humility. It's not about me. Yeah. So how does the, uh, the concept of living, for Christ, um, how does that practically, like how could, knowing that we're on mission, 
um, knowing the things we've talked about with content um, and how we consume it, and then knowing that Sabbath breaks change and it chains, and now this, how how should this practically? How should our identity in Christ practically influence our behavior, specifically online, um, in like our interactions? Because you alluded to like social media behavior, especially in election year, but but more specifically, like how how should all of these principles influence? practically how we're behaving with other people online. I'd love to hear what you guys think. I could keep <laughs> talking, but I'm kind of monopolizing the conversation. And everyone looks at me. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like we've talked about this in weeks past, like the ways that you can use social media um, to bring unity instead mm-hmm. of division. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked a couple of weeks ago about um, just lovingly engaging in a conversation with a person not in a thread of comments, but kind of off in the messages area where it was just her and I directly communicating with one another. When I saw this person I've known all my life, she's, um, she's my elder, essentially, um, but engaging in a loving conversation with her to say, you know, I don't see this. I don't see this as uh, the teachings of Jesus or the ways that we as his disciples should be representing ourselves to the mm-hmm. world and um, having conversations instead of just, you know, chiming in with either support of what she was saying or hate for what she was saying, like, right. but just right. talking to her, that was kind of like, I guess you'd call that sort of like evangelism, just yeah. one-to-one um, communicating and trying to bring uh, peace to what was a really ugly, divisive thread mm-hmm. um and again she apologized and it was great like <laughs> yeah that's like the best case scenario yeah you know? right um <laughs> and very rare i imagine yeah. yeah or like i've talked in in the past about using social media to like uplift people that i know mm. you know um to celebrate their wins or um to even to promote their things i have a lot mm-hmm. of musician friends you know and so like your mom, <laughs> I remember reposting one of her albums, you yeah. know, just wanting people to know this thing is amazing, you know, and I'm not yeah. using it to push me as much as I'm using it sure. to support people and, and uh, encourage those that I'm friends with and things like that. I don't know. Practical, practical things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not out there posting scriptures every day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause there's a part, cause you said, I mean, what I took away was like, I need to find the authentic version of me and then that should be who I portray online Mm -hmm. and posting scripture every day. Like that's also not authentic. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that's not, that's not, it might be for some. Yeah. It might be for some. I'm saying for me, it's not. So there it's possible to just like swing the pendulum the other way. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. I, I think I didn't really frame it this way in the message, but I think there are basically two, two things to pay attention to. One is what are we not doing? with our identity in Christ, what are the things we're avoiding? And the other thing is, and what are we doing Mm -hmm. instead? So avoiding stuff Mm -hmm. is everything from what are we, I I mentioned at one point, like, are you, are you paying attention to the stuff that you're reading? Are you thinking about the way that that video is designed to make you feel? Are you thinking about the way that headline is written to shape your worldview? Like uh, paying attention and throwing the stuff in the garbage. If it's, if it's trying to make us more tribal, um, that, that's one thing to knock off, to stop doing. But if, if if we replace that with something positive, that gets to what Marin was saying. It's like, how do we use the things that we post to bridge build to build bridges? <laughs> how do we use the things that we read to sharpen ourselves and make ourselves more loving? Like it's that replacing of what is garbage with what is good. And it yeah. all comes from that 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 
central identity in, in, in Jesus. Yeah. Um, so my next question, my wife and I got into a conversation about whether or not um, this series is really like convicting to me. And my initial reaction to her was, well, I don't really think I have a problem with any of this. <laughs> and then you found out why she was asking that question. Well, then, then no screen Saturday. I was like, I'm having coffee and I need my, my yeah, phone. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, but I don't know that I live for the, the, the likes and the seeking affirmation. I don't mm. know that, that, that that's true sure. of me. And so my next question is how do we know, how do we know if that's what we're doing or not? Mm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I don't feel like I have that problem, but maybe, maybe I do in some other ways. Like I recently just did post some things and if it had gotten negative reaction, I would have taken those down immediately. <laughs> like I would, you know, sure. and so, uh, maybe that's, maybe that's what we're talking about, but, um, yeah. How do we know that that's what we're doing if we're seeking affirmation on social media for likes more than we're seeking affirmation from our, our identity in Christ? That is the question. That's the question because well, what's the answer? Well, the answer is I think it requires the Holy Spirit to yeah. convict and to enlighten to your because your motivations. That's just it. Like, how do you know if it's authentic or whether yeah. you're seeking something like that? It's just between think, you and God. I think it kind of is. I mean, I think it's between you and God, and also you and your spouse or people who know <laughs> you really well who can say, "Yeah, I can see why you did that." Um, but it's really you got to search your own heart. I think. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and find out, am I doing this? for the affirmation, like I posted that thing, which seems really selfless. And then I went back and checked it again and again and again to see mm -hmm. who was liking it and who was commenting and whether or not I got enough likes, like, wait, so then was I really doing it selflessly? Yeah, right. Like it's, it's that right. the self-evaluation that is, is required. I think, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Or are you just curious about who saw it? That's true. It could you be know? that. Yeah. Again, self-evaluation, you got to know. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I've loved in throughout this series, Thinking about like, okay, if there's nothing new under the sun, if technology changes, but human behavior doesn't, let's say I had a portrait done mm. of myself, of my family, and I was to hang that portrait in my parlor. Yeah. In, <laughs> in your sitting room. 1900s. <laughs> okay. Do you think I would have hired that artist to like make sure you pick up every blemish on my teenage boy's face uh -huh. and make sure that you look at those portraits of old. They're, uh -huh. they're painted with a filter. Mm. Right? Yeah. There's nothing new under the sun. Mm. Was that them trying to like uh, posture themselves right. in a false way? Was that vanity? Right. Right. Or are they just paying for a nice painting of their family? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's been That's very thought provoking to know like, okay, well, what is uniquely a problem or a symptom of mm. the digital world? Right. And what just kind of goes to the heart of, no, we've kind of always been like this. Right. Well, that's one of those things where I, I, I'm with you hundred percent on that. And, and you're right. I'm like, oh yeah, now that you say it, I guess you wouldn't necessarily think of that as vanity. So on an individual level, like, it's like, yeah, I guess you would take 10 pictures and then post your favorite one of the 10. You wouldn't post the worst one. Mm -hmm. So maybe is that filtering? Like to what mm -hmm. degree is it vain? And to what degree is it just, just trying to post good pictures? What I think though, if, if I, it gets kind of blurry the line between what's you know which which side of vanity are we on but when you then zoom all the way out and you look at what's happening writ large in the society and i kind of alluded to this a bit where everybody's posting about 
only their most successful, beautiful moments. And I don't, not everybody, but you know, people are yeah. all, they're posting their vacation. They're posting their, the, this, this success, this achievement, this thing that they got, this, this whatever. And if, if you're looking and just observing the world, it gives a very warped perspective of what's real and what the world is really like. And then when you look in the yourself in the mirror, you see something that's very ugly and imperfect and gross. Like, because everything is so polished yeah. and sanitized and and filtered. Yeah. So somewhere between me wanting to pick the best of 10 pictures of my family mm-hmm. and and an entire society <laughs> that is that is completely like lying to themselves about what is real, somewhere in there is the line <laughs> that we yeah. shouldn't cross. And I'm not exactly sure what that line is. Mm-hmm. So mm. I it's it's interesting that like celebrities who post pictures of themselves without makeup, right. like, that stuff just stands out so much more than sure. all the glitz and the glam that we usually see from yeah. them. Yeah. You know, when they intentionally post something truthful about themselves sure. that probably is still airbrushed, but they want you to think it's not airbrushed sure. or, you know, right. touched up or something. And there is something like, I, I do see a little bit of a reaction against it just in general, in culture, people mm-hmm. are tired of that. And so I, I, there's like, a subgenre of TikTok and YouTube of people who are like homesteaders or oh, who yeah. like grow things or have chickens or whatever. And it's often they, they do it and they just somehow they look perfect yeah. as they're out there in the garden yeah. and people will mock that and, and do videos <laughs> side by sides oh, of yeah. like yes. the influencer in their like high heels in the yeah. garden and yes. then it's them and they're just wearing like grun- yeah. grungy clothes <laughs> and they look terrible and their hair's in a, in a ponytail. And it's like, yeah, I, I like that there's a bit of a pushback because I think everybody's like realizing this is a little bit much, but even that it's like, yeah. What's the motivation? What's the, what are we hoping for? Are we hoping through that authenticity that people will esteem us better? Like what's the goal? What are we shooting for? Yeah. Do you think, do you think, uh, it's probably different per person, but do you think we do this on purpose? Do you think we're inauthentic on purpose or it seems like there's two options. Either we're doing this on purpose and we're just fixated on ourselves or we've kind of like lost sight of the mission that we're talking about. And it's like, it's, it's just happening to us and we're right. swept up in it. And I, I think a lot of it is not our fault. I think a Great. lot of it, yes. <laughs> so you're off the hook. I think a lot of it, a lot of it is, is the way that the system is set up. Yeah. So purely by having an engagement based system, like let's use Facebook, for example, um, you will be incentivized to post more of the things or more of the types of things that get you recognition and likes. If I were to post uh, a like a, a URL, a, a link to a, a website that's really important, and I said, hey, everybody, you really need to check this out. I think this is important, and this is why it means something to me. I might get 10 likes. If I post a picture of me smiling, laughing with my dog <laughs> in the sun, I'm going to get 150 likes. Yeah. Like, and so which one am I going to be incentivized to yeah. keep posting even subconsciously? Mm. And I don't know that that's necessarily my fault. I think that's part mm. of the way the system, it's the, it's the engagement economy, or the attention mm. economy that we live in that causes all of these knock on effects of if there was some way that you'd get a bunch more recognition and likes from posting heartfelt, meaningful, thought provoking bridge building dialogue, you'd be doing that more, yeah. Mm-hmm. but you don't. And people aren't looking for that. Now there know? is, there is another side to that. Ooh, let's hear it. I don't think that every time I post something genuinely, I don't think that I'm posting it for the likes I will get. Sure. I use Facebook cause I'm old, yep. but I use Facebook and Instagram as 
Photo albums. Sure. That's what they are. Yeah. They're modern day photo albums. I don't go get things printed off anymore. Right. I put them up there so that it will be kept for me so yep. that a year, five years, eight years later, I'm reminded of that really fun time we had in Chicago. Yep. You know? Yep. That's. Yeah. And I, I use it the same way. I, I see what you're saying. So, yeah. I mean, and that, again, it goes back to your motivation. Mm. I, I do that. And I, I would add, like, I use Instagram as my photo album, but I also almost inevitably when I post something, I am posting it. Cause I'm like, I bet someone would find some joy in this. And so that's why yeah. it's mostly animals and like me, <laughs> me growing things. It's not even that it probably gets on the, on the line here. And I probably need to do some, but like when I post like, guys, I just grew my own stuff that I turned into salsa, like from all stuff from seed, like that could easily be me like bragging or yeah. trying to get affirmation. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's where it comes from. And maybe again, I need to do some soul searching, but Mm. what it comes from in in my, at least ostensibly is that it comes from a place of, I want to, I want someone else to share the joy that I'm feeling right now. So that's where it comes from. And I see it. I'm like, why can't I do that? (laughs) See, Well, good. That's what I want. I also (laughs) want to guilt Tyler mainly. (laughs) Those are my two motivations. So, so yeah, but again, it's soul searching. Like, yeah, yeah. man, there's just, it's so hard to know for, it's so hard for me to think about like, I'm just, I just want to make a post. I don't want to think about the motivation. Like <laughs> you said, a po- photo of your dog. Yeah. Well, your dog, like, I just want to obey God. That's all I want to do. And your dog is obeying God just because it's a dog. A sometimes I don't, I don't, sometimes I don't think she's oof. obeying God. I mean, you've been a dog owner, Tyler. <laughs> like, do you really it think? Does, it's not trying to do anything. It's not, it <laughs> yeah, doesn't yeah, have yeah. like ulterior <laughs> motives. I, you could say the same thing about like a tree. A tree yeah. is, is obeying God simply because it's a tree. It knows what it is. Mm-hmm. And like, it doesn't have to do anything to glorify God. So you want to be a tree. I want to be authentic, but there's so much to think about <laughs> yeah. when it comes to being authentic. And it's like, am I being authentic or am I faking authenticity to get people to like me? Sure. <laughs> right. When I posted that picture of my daughter with um, a canister of Goya adobo, the size of her head. Yeah. That was authentic. It really was the size of her head. That accent was authentic. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Goya adobo. Why do I post silly stuff like that? Yeah. I don't think about it. Yeah. It's funny. I find yeah. it funny. Yeah. I post it and yeah. then I get to look at that picture yeah. year over year. And yeah. it doesn't matter to you if anybody else cares. No. Mm. No. I mean, I, I'm I am human and so when someone likes something, there's a yeah. There's a there's a response. Your dad said it was like the same thing as eating potato chips, like mm-hmm. the thing that yeah, triggers the do- in the dopamine release. Yeah, the in dopamine your brain. hit yep. you get when someone likes your picture. I'm a human. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Did I think that posting a picture of my daughter with a canister of adobo next to her head was that gonna like better the universe? Probably not. But yeah. have I taken a screenshot of that and sent it to my daughter who's not on Facebook saying, "Ha, oh, remember that time we found that one?" Yeah, y- you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I don't think. I don't think we need to overthink. Oh man. I just do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I get why you do it. Cause yeah, you start going down this road and you start questioning everything and mm-hmm. thinking like, what am I doing here? I just, I, I, to me, I think the next step for everybody, which we're doing is just to stop and say, let me just think about this for a second. Yeah. Am I posting this for the affirmation. Am I posting this to cause divisions and and reinforce my tribe and and remind myself that I belong because I I'm getting all the pat pat on the back for being for my virtue signaling or whatever. Yeah. Like, I just want 
all of us to stop and think. Mm -hmm. And also on the flip side, again, it's not just the negative. It's also to, to evaluate our online world and ask, are we in any way utilizing the tools of this digital world to further the mission of God? Yeah. And, and that's again, the uncharted territory we keep talking about every week, but that's the thing where I'm like, there's an opportunity here. And I don't, I don't know that any of us, very few of us are actually even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know, I can't spell it out. Here's, and here's how to do it. But I did, Kyle Shelf gave me yes. a great yeah. uh, reminder. I mentioned this, I mentioned it, well, actually I said it at 9.15 and he yep. was oh. sitting there, he, was, he gave me a big thumbs up for, <laughs> yeah, for talking nice. about Mr. Rogers. But I thought, okay, there's a good example. Mr. Rogers hated TV and thought it was a damaging source to society. And arguably he was right. But he used TV to reach latchkey kids and tell them that they were loved and to like teach them about their value. Cause that was, and he was a, I mean, he was a minister. He, that was his form of ministry mm -hmm. to use his gifts, to teach children using technology that he otherwise despised. And I'm like, okay, there it is. I don't know what that looks like with smartphones and social media and AI and all that necessarily, but, but the invitation is there. Mm. Can we, utilize technology as a tool to further the mission of God, to spread love, to, to uh, spread the message of hope that comes from Jesus into our dark world. That's the question. Who's doing that well already? <laughs> like, I mean, we, yeah. we've mentioned the Bible project. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, when you say uncharted territory, what it's do not, you mean? I just mean there isn't a, there isn't a book that will tell you, and here's how you go about doing this thing yeah. necessarily. I yeah. think we have some examples of people who've done that or begun to do that. But, um, yeah, I, I think we've got, we've got work to do. And I think there's a lot of people and a lot of opportunities there. There are, there are TikTok accounts that are maybe doing this, arguably doing this. There are YouTube accounts that are maybe arguably doing this, but, um, and, I mean, and we're even talking, we've, we've been in conversations as the leadership of grace about the next phase of like discipleship at grace. And a big part of the conversation is how do we utilize the new and improved grace app that'll come out next year or later this year. Like how do we use that tool? Spoiler alert. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> no. well, anyway, that's what friends of the pod come to expect. This is the stuff that happens between the Sundays. Between yeah. the Sundays. But anyway, like we've got that and we are talking about how do we utilize that for discipleship? How do we help people in their own discipleship journey alone with, with other people? So, that's it's uncharted only because there isn't a there isn't a guidebook for this yet. Mm -hmm. We're all kind of entering this new era together as a church, and we have to as the church. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to be looking for good examples of what works as we go. Um, so if if the answer or the solution is know that your identity is in Christ, not in likes. What does that what does that mean? What does identity in Christ mean? You kind of illustrated a little bit. You said the creator of the universe thinks you're amazing or whatever, but what <laughs> sure. is what does that mean? If I'm if I'm having a hard time, what's something I can just like repeat or tell myself and remember that gives me the essence of what it means to have my identity be in Christ? I don't think this will be specific enough for you, but if you really needed a verse, it would be 2 Corinthians uh 5:17. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, literally a new creation. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And so to me, having an identity that is rooted in Christ means understanding what old life is gone 
Like, who was I that is not me anymore? And who am I? Who is this new creation? And and that requires seeking scripture. It requires growth. It requires discipleship. But who is it that God is shaping me into and forming me into? Uh, how am I uniquely gifted? How What does it mean to be loved by the creator of the universe? Those are the things that that come to define the new me mm-hmm. in Jesus. And that's the identity that we begin to live out of. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, but- it totally does. I was hoping that you would say that um or quote second <laughs> corinthians yeah um because i've i've been thinking about this uh, the idea of being authentic and i'm like can you be authentic as a christ follower if you are not becoming more like christ hmm. is it possible for you to even be like i'm going to be my authentic self if you are not mm. becoming like christ say that again <laughs> okay <laughs> well no because so, i think i know where you're going with that so I- Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I have written down um, part of that Second Corinthians five that you just quoted. He died for everyone, so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Yeah. Right. So I, I I do have a hard time with that. If being your authentic self is not in line or in keeping yeah. with being like Christ, mm-hmm. we've mm-hmm. got a problem. If you want to call yourself a Christ follower, if I still want to hang on to like my. Uh, ungodly rage, ungodly anger, if I want to hold on to my um, my greed and my self-centeredness, yeah, because I'm just speaking my truth and I'm just being my authentic self, that is not right. in keeping with, with being a disciple of mm-hmm. Jesus. That is not disciplined. That is not submitting myself and surrendering myself to his lordship because, according to this, I will no longer live for myself. Yeah. Right. It's not who he's created you to be. That's not a part of your, if your identity is in Christ, there's nothing about him that is those things. Right. right? And, and we are daily being transformed and right. daily being yeah. renewed. Right. And I think that, so that's a really good distinction. I'm so glad you said that you brought the question up. I'm so glad you said that. Cause I think that word authenticity could be a, a license to do exactly the opposite of what yeah. we're talking about here. You're right. I think when I, when I talk about being your authentic self, I mean, being your authentic new creation self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you mentioned rage. I, for me, it would be a lack of self-control or self-discipline was my old self. I was just too much of a good thing. I've mentioned it before. Like that would be my general category of brokenness that I would just fall into addictions and habits so easily because I would always just overdo it with everything. And so for me to live authentically into my identity in Christ is to recognize that no, in Christ, I have the fruit of the spirit of self-control. That's who I am in him. And so to be authentically that person is to move away from the old self that is dead and gone and buried. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe that's helpful, maybe not, but that's kind of how I how I think the distinction is important with authenticity. Yeah, I just think the more we become like Christ, the more authentic we will be. Mm. And the more we focus on ourselves, the more vanity. I mean, that sounds as simple as possible, but yeah. I just, as you're talking about authenticity and being our true selves and warts and all, and all this stuff, I'm like, our identity is in Christ. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if you, if you're a Christ follower, I just don't know if you can be authentic if you are not becoming more like Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know. Well, here's another thing that popped into my head as you said that is in general, and I'll just use the three of us because we talk on the pod and people who are friends of the pod will will know this. We are generally really comfortable about talking about our past mistakes and brokenness. Mm-hmm. 
Like we, we will just be honest about that because that's who we used to be. And, and we're comfortable with that because we understand that it's who we used to be and we understand it's brokenness, but it doesn't define us because we are growing into that identity in, in Jesus. And I'm just using the three of us. This is, this is something that I've seen with a lot of people who have been walking with Christ over time. They become more comfortable with acknowledging their own past, their own brokenness, because it's not who they are anymore. And so, yeah, I think if you are not on that journey of transformation, if you're not becoming more like Jesus, which means trusting him more, abiding in him more, and and like being comfortable in who he says you are, then you're going to hide the brokenness. You're going to try to cover it up and and pretend that it's not real, mm. which is inevitably the opposite of authenticity. Because unless you're truly able to say, yes, I know who I am in Jesus, then then yeah, you're not going to want to let that brokenness yeah. expo- be exposed to the sun. So yep. I don't know. That, that just popped into my head as you said Have that. Have you guys read the book, um, The Gift of Being Yourself? Yeah. Isn't that the Enneagram, the... A lot with the Enneagram. Henry Nowen wrote oh. it. Um, oh, maybe not. No, and it has the Enneagram in there. Does it? I don't know. I, I don't remember. I don't but um, it's not the road back to you. Mm-mm. Oh, you're thinking that of the might road be back what I'm you. thinking of. Yeah, you're right. The gift of being yourself. The gift of being yourself um, is really good for this conversation. And um, in it, he says, if we find our true self, we find God, and if we find God, we find our most authentic self. And so that's that's what kept ringing. I was like, I know that mm. there's something. He has something for us as I'm listening to this sermon, Mm. like my, my, what my identity is, like, what is my most authentic identity? And it's, it can only be discovered if I find God and who God says I am. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So you talked about kind of what this is all doing to younger generations. Yeah. Right. Um, you, recited some stats that are not encouraging right. when you said the thing you said one in three um adolescent girls adolescent girls can consider suicide or something like yeah. that well, it, the, and they would say last year when they were asked they would say yes i have considered attempting suicide one in three adolescent it's just, girls it's just it's kind crippling. of mind-boggling yeah. yeah you don't really know what to do and so as the church how can we support people families struggling mm-hmm. with the negative impacts of social media um thing, and digital like this all the stuff we're talking about how do, how can we support these people baptisms were this past sunday we had quite a few baptisms um of our students some who are in high school um or just out of high school and a handful of them pointed directly to their small group leader yeah or saying, you know, I was brought up in this church and um, came up through the children's ministry and now I'm in the high school ministry. One one or two were baptized with their small group leader in the tank mm-hmm. with them. Mm. And again, it just showed me the importance of people like that. This was, this was a volunteer <laughs> church congregant who just wanted to love and support mm-hmm. teenage girls because that's that's where her heart is. And the impact that it's clear that she has already had on these these two young people that, yeah. that were in the tank with her. Um, I think that speak that spoke volumes to me. It's it speaks to all of us. A church is a community. Um, I have a volunteer guitar player whose daughter was baptized on Sunday, and he was in the tank with her. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah. stood there crying because I I know a little bit of their family's story, and it was so 
redeeming and amazing to see dad in the tank with his daughter. Just we're walking with people. It's what we do. Yeah. It's what we all do. We are walking with people through the highs and the lows and all the in-betweens of life's and of life and the way we navigate, you know, social media and the digital world is all part of that. It's all part of that conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that, I don't know if that answers your question, but I just think that's, that's what we do as a church. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a big part of it is, is taking responsibility for the kind of culture that we are creating, at least within our own sphere of influence. Like we have a church community, what kind of a culture with the digital world and stuff are we creating? And one of the ways that I talk about this a lot is I I keep saying the phrase that we, we can show the people in our world that there is another way to live, which means that if we as a community really take this seriously and really begin to redeem technology and live wisely with it um, and demonstrate it to our kids, our students, our, you know, through these relationships with discipleship or through parenting relationships or whatever, we can show them there is another way to live. It's not just don't do the thing everybody else wants to do, but actually show them. It's why I think No Screen Saturday can be a beautiful thing because kids have an experience. Uh, I had one family say uh, we had two very happy kids at the end of the day. Oh, good. And, And what they meant was like, the day ended up being so great. And now they will always remember Mm -hmm. that day. They didn't use screens. Mm -hmm. They had a great day. Mm -hmm. That's planting a seed in that child's mind that allows them to think differently about the devices they use. I've heard of other kids, uh, who their reaction to, we, they were at the, the screening of the, the social dilemma. They had never thought about the fact that the videos that pop up between the YouTube ads that they watch or whatever is recommended to them next is actually being controlled by an algorithm. They just mm-hmm. thought it was random. Mm. They said, oh, wait, that is designed for me to watch more of it. Mm. And so now they're going to pay attention to that when mm. it comes up. So it, it's, it, that, that doesn't solve the, <clears throat> the major systemic issue in our nation. Yeah. But what it does is it, it gives us some of the tools and some of the language to invest in our own community and, and I really want to be able to demonstrate all through this church, even people who don't have kids or don't influence kids, if we could be a community that looks different in the way we use technology, then we can give our kids hope that there is another way. Yeah. So that's a bit ideological, but that that's kind of the, the big wide angle yeah. way of looking at it. Yeah, I think um, if you heard those statistics and it didn't make you like want to participate more in like youth ministry or kids ministry or something like I feel like it. It should. That, hmm. I mean, it stirred. It stirred my wife and I. I'd be like, man, one in three people. Yeah. One in three. Yeah. Or and girls. or your kids' friends, or yeah. your or right, your neighbor, right. or that right. niece that you haven't talked to in a while. Like, no, nah, I don't want to talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and by the way, I didn't mention the same survey also asked boys, and they're only one in six. So mm. it's like, oh, good, it's just one in si- one in six boys, yeah. adolescent yeah. boys have considered suicide that yeah. that mm. alone but then one in three girls it just raises it to an entirely new level mm. so and and I mentioned um the boys their pitfalls in the digital world are different but like more and more young men are being exposed to this misogynistic and you know extremist content it's it's yeah. really there've been all these studies that show how quickly and how remarkable it is to go from like watching Minecraft videos and just following the recommended videos and you end up in like white supremacy extremist content in a day. Mm. If you Mm. just let the algorithm point you in the direction of what's hot. 
Mm. Isn't that nuts? And so imagine being a a young, I mean, I was an idiot as a kid. Like I don't, I can't imagine if I had all this stuff where I'd end up. Idiots. Idiots. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, yeah, regardless, it's like, it's a, maybe it's a bit different for specifically where the pinch point is with girls and with boys. And if obviously there's a ton of crossover in both, but yeah, it, it should, yeah. it should shock us to action in my opinion. Yeah. I will say, um, uh, back to the no screen Saturday thing. Um, I woke up Sunday and I'm like, all right, give me my phone. <laughs> but my kids woke up and thought it was just like an extension. They did like, didn't ask for screens all day. <laughs> You're like, who's going to tell them? Yeah. Right. Just let it go as long as yeah. it, as long as it could. Yeah. Um, all right, so what can we look forward to in the final week, week five of the series? So this last week um, is all about in-person relationships and face-to-face relationships. Uh, the the principle is we heal face-to-face, and I'm going to be trying to make the case that the it, there is no way for us to move forward into healing the brokenness of our world without in-person face-to-face relationships. Like, biologically we need handshakes and hugs to like it. There's all kinds of studies that show what, what physical touch does to our brain. Um, but, but even more than that, as a church, there is something about the spirit's presence moving through a gathered body that is so integral to what it means to be the church that we would be really, really unwise to ignore that. So that's going to be the call. It's this balance of we've said over and over again, we're not ditching technology. We're not burning it all to the ground and going out to the countryside. We're going to move into it. But as we do, we have to also make sure that we are building up healthy, established in-person relationships, um, that that's the foundation from which we go. Yeah. So that's where we're that's right. where we're headed to end the, to cap off the series. And uh, you will not be here next week, right? True. I won't be on the pod. Yeah. So what? Just, sorry, I'm taking the week off. What? I pre- It's the first time I've ever preached five weeks in a row, so I need a break. Come on. So Mary and I are going to hold it down. Maybe we'll get a guest or something. <laughs> we should get a guest. Get yeah. a guest. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be uh, hard without the guy who gave the message. I know, oh, you'll be, be fine. We'll you'll just, be fine. Maybe we'll just play it and talk over it. Like, oh, that we could record good. it right after church on Sunday. If you're, if you're really good. determined, we could figure that out. Your we call. Could. Come up here and do it. I won't be ready. We'll uh, talk about this later. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is why they tune in. <laughs> yeah. Um, all Logistics. right. So some of us will be back next week. Um, as always, go like and subscribe on YouTube, Grace Church or uh YouTube.com slash Grace Church Grace Church I N. Wow. YouTube.com slash Grace Church I N. Um to like and subscribe there. <laughs> and uh yeah, well, Marin, you and I are gonna be back at least. We'll be back. We'll okay. be we'll be here. For now, will you send us out? Sure. Do justly, love, mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday.